I solemnly swear that I'm up to no good. Are you Tony Stank? Don't get technical with me. She needs to sort out her priorities. That's no moon. I can do this all day. Yeah, I know. So who talks first? You talk first? I talk first. Welcome to the A Plus Z Movie Review Podcast. I'm Z, Zach, along with... I'm Alex, A. The A and A Plus Z. And together we are... The A plus Z movie podcast. Movie review podcast. We already messed it up. We've been fighting about the name. Um, Welcome to this new endeavor that we are trying. Plenty of people will know that I've done podcasts for a long time. Sports journalist in my normal day in trade and try to do that. And uh, we've talked about doing a podcast for a long time. Both the voracious podcast consumers. Yes. Yes. but uh, this yeah. idea, I guess, not idea, because whatever, but it's uh, this project originated as an Instagram that I mm-hmm. created based on a shtick yeah. that I decided to do on Instagram with the boomerang yeah. feature. We go to a whole bunch of movies. We always have, uh, even when we first started dating, I think. It was Was it just, our second date that was Ant-Man? Yes. Yeah. It was just a thing we could do because we weren't living together. We were still living at home. It was an easy place to meet in between. Yeah. Yeah. And we like pop culture and movies. So it was just a no-brainer. And then at some point we bought... uh, Well, we we got in on the ground floor of MoviePass. Oh, yeah. Back in the day. And we abused that thing for all it was worth because somebody was an idiot when they made that and it was a glorious period of time what was the best movie you saw with movie pass like the biggest surprise of like i'm really glad i didn't pay for that but i wasn't oh. disappointed did we see robin hood with movie pass i don't remember i think we did because that s- was a disappointment though i'm talking yeah. about like no but that was good i'm talking yes. rolling in coin bro there are plenty of movies that i saw with movie pass i'm so happy i didn't pay for but I'm, I'm so talking- happy i did not pay for robin Hood. i'm talking about pleasant surprise like you went in thinking oh i'm gonna this was the taron edgerton robin hood by the way yeah. for people wondering jamie fox yeah. as uh, friar tuck i'm talking about going into the theater with your movie pass expecting it to be total shit and it was actually pretty good I don't remember. I think I, it, it was kind of a blur because there was just so much. I know my answer. What Mine is, is um, The Rock's Jumanji. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right. So good. That, that's, that definitely counts. Not good we, enough we to see We wouldn't have paid sequel. for that. No, no, no. No, we wouldn't have paid for that on our own, but we were pleasantly surprised for sure. Uh, no, I definitely didn't see the sequel and no. probably never have plans to see that one or... I assume they're making a third one. Um, but yeah, then you started doing this. Instagram. So I basically Instagram just one day. Yeah. pulled you aside before we walked back to the car. And I said, I'm going to do a boomerang. You just move your thumb from down to up. Was the first one Booksmart? It was. Yeah. Olivia Wilde's Booksmart starring yeah. Beanie Feldman. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so the boomerang was just... A thumbs up, thumbs down, and we all know how boomerangs work. Very simple. It repeats. Mm -hmm. So it's like, did we like it? Did we not? Yes or no? And then we would say a little blurb about it, our thoughts, and... 
Did we start with blurbs or was it just simply thumbs up, thumbs down? It's just thumbs up, thumbs down. Yeah. Yeah. We eventually incorporated the blurbs and then you've stuck to it being short and I've made it longer. People (laughs) really took to it. And there are a lot of people that were like, we love it when you do this. I mean, even now I told one person that we Mm -hmm. were doing the podcast and she was like, oh my gosh, is it going to be like your movie review thingies? And I was like, yes. And she's like, those those posts spark joy and i was like cool great i feel so much better about this idea now (laughs) yeah i haven't told anybody else but i know even just driving our friends home from the airport last night i got asked because we haven't put up a few reviews in a while and that's what this podcast is going to be a kind of a catch-up but they were asking because people legitimately are curious what we think about these movies before we go. And so that's a small bit of power that we wield. Yeah. But, I think uh, it's mostly because they know we've, we've probably gone, gone to see it. Yeah. We don't, I mean, I don't consider myself a critic by any means. We're movie enjoyers. Yeah. Enthusiasts. Yeah. But, um, I mean, and all of that said, this is just for fun as mm-hmm. was the Instagram. <laughs> yep. So, like I said, this episode are we were if you're catching us now, you're going to notice that there's probably three things on the feed right now. One is a nice uh, sample bite of us testing out the microphone equipment and talking about stuff. Uh and then we have this, which is a catch up and normally we try to post our our little uh, Instagram reviews as soon as we saw the movie. But sometimes it's like we see a movie late at night, we get home, we're tired, we don't really feel like it. And then you say, oh, we'll do it the next day. And then that slides to the next day and it's the next week. It's been several months of next day. We've done this a couple of times where we had to do a big catch up. So we figured what better way to catch up than to, or to launch this podcast than with the big catch up ahead of uh, what will be the third item in the, in the feed, which will be our pretty instant reactions to Lightyear, which we will see tomorrow night. Oh, yeah. Uh, the newest Pixar entry. Pixar returning to theaters, finally. Returning to theaters. No more Disney Plus for for the Pixars. Chris Evans, your boy. My hall pass. Yeah. That's... that's uh, I'll let st- the world know right away. There's one item on my hall pass list, and it's Chris Evans. Yeah, that's Star <laughs> Command's ass now. Um, so, uh, like I said, we're, we're going through five things today. We, we've seen... Over the past, uh, what is it now? Two months? Three months? Two months? Probably two months. Uh, So we're going to go through a couple things. We're not going to go through them in chronological order, but at some point today, we will cover the uh, unbearable weight of massive talent, aka the Nick Cage movie, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, Bob's Burgers movie, Top Gun Maverick, and the one that I saw by myself because... God knows Alex wasn't going to see it. And I'll let you know if you should see it. Uh, Jurassic World Dominion. So we will cover those five today. All of that said as well, obvious to infer. There will be spoilers. Yeah, I think. Also, these movies have been out for months. You know, if you're going <laughs> to listen to a movie podcast about, you know, movies you haven't seen yet, that's on you. <laughs> I think generally speaking, too, if you haven't, seen we'll we'll see what we do when we do like regular reviews but uh non-spoiler thoughts always on the instagram which we haven't even mentioned at this point the instagram uh oh yeah if you if you're finding this podcast without finding the instagram alex what is our instagram handle the instagram handle is a p 
period Z underscore movie review. And you'll see a great photo of the two of us with our thumbs. Mm -hmm. And uh, the most recent post is a a solo one from you seeing the Northmen. Which is awesome. As I think I said, it's a movie that will put hair on your chest. And oh boy, that, that was a great fucking movie. Like true, like just testosterone art, if that's a thing. But anyway, check that out. And uh, we'll plug it again later. Yeah, for sure. a, a, a dot Z underscore movie reviews. And we'll certainly re- review review a dot Z underscore movie review. There we go. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So now that we've given you a little backstory, we're ready to go. We're ready to catch up on these movies and Let's clear out it. our queue. Yeah. Here so we here we go. What do you know about the multiverse? All right, first up on our queue of movie reviews, we're, again, not doing this in chronological order, just the order we thought would be the most fun to talk about them, and we are opening with the latest entry into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Highly anticipated, after No Way Home, Spider-Man cracked the multiverse, after Loki the TV show cracked the multiverse, uh, after wandavision sort of heard visions from the other multiverse and what did you think alex long of our foray into the multiverse was it truly madness was what did what did dr strange do for you was it truly madness hot take no i wouldn't call it full madness i feel like i'm not gonna don't want to start this commentary off on it being bad and then just dump on it the whole time because it wasn't bad. I just think it didn't mm-hmm. meet expectations yeah, of I a think, lot of people. I think so. Our, our, our quick review that you'll see on the Instagram, I think was going to be a, a kind of a hesitant thumbs up from the both of us. Yeah. Uh, just, I mean, we're Marvel stands at this point. I don't know if we could, they could do anything that'll truly throw us off the scent. But I saw a BuzzFeed quiz article today that mm-hmm. says, "Have you seen all twenty nine Marvel movies?" And I was like, "I don't need to take this yeah, quiz. No, the answer the, is yes." Yeah, hundred percent. We have, uh, you know, eighty percent of them on our shelf, <laughs> and the ones that we don't even like, well, guess what? They're on Disney Plus, and we've seen them. Um, yeah, it's. I don't know if this was a fault of the marketing. I ultimately, I think it was a fault of the title. When you have a title that's Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, and like I said, we just went through, you know, Loki cracking it all open, and Spider-Man No Way Home with the three Peter Parkers, and it, it, it just seemed like they were ready to be like, okay, here we go, dive headfirst, multiverse, Doctor Strange, give us something weird. And it didn't really live up to that. Like, in terms of the multiverses, there's that initial sequence where they're popping through all the different universes, which is like a, a, sort of what we're looking for. Sets the bar for sure. And then in terms of the universes that we spend time in, there's what three total yeah. hours. Uh, the what is it? Eight three eight universe oh, with the, with the Illuminati, <laughs> and then the oh spoilers, yeah, the Illuminati's there. <laughs> yeah, the and uh, and then the the, des- the destroyed universe with with evil Doctor Strange. Uh, he wasn't even evil, though. Well, yeah. It. What do they? I forget what they're calling him. Um, 
I, anyway, I don't he, know. He, green? He looked no, really decayed. Yeah, no, there, there's a specific <laughs> term that they were going with, and I just can't remember it off Whatever. the top of my head right now. But, and even, so in, in the other multiverse that we spend the most time in, one is completely des- destroyed and gray. Uh, and then the other one is New York City, but the green lights on the street lights are now red lights, mean go. Uh, everyone's wearing funny hats, there's or like, everyone's wearing hats. There's like a weird memory. Yeah. Reliver platform. Which I guess is free and didn't charge them to stand there and use that service. I thought it did charge them and then they ran away. And then. They being, of course, Doctor Strange and new character. America Chavez. America Chavez. I mean. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, and. Um, but. And, and then the, the pizza bowl. The pizza balls. The pizza papa. Oh, that's what they didn't pay for. Yeah. The pizza balls. Yeah. With uh and Bruce Campbell. <laughs> and beyond just the multiverse is kind of being lacking. It's some I mean we've talked about this plenty of times by now, but it's I feel like the movie happens to Doctor Strange and Doctor Strange does not impose himself on That's what his I own was going to say. And the, all the conversations I've had with other people, I think it was actually your point that like for the Doctor Strange movie, it just seems like everything is happening around him and he's yes, he's sort of involved in these actions and these moments and everything but it's not uh didn't really seem integral if anything i would say the the major moments in this movie happen to our girl we haven't even brought up once yet that is elizabeth olsen's scarlet witch wanda maximoff makes her return i just love i i liked wandavision a lot more than I think most people do. But I think that's also because I'm also a giant TV watcher. Mm-hmm. So I enjoyed those like notes and those quirks and everything and, and how they told that story. And I was really excited to see her kind of go all out. And there were moments where I was like, holy shit, did she just break that guy's face? <laughs> but yeah. I I definitely felt like she kind of, for lack of a better term, like sucked the air out of the out of the room a little more for a movie that she's like not yeah a titular character. It's a of. it's a Wandavision sequel. It's not really a Doctor Strange sequel. Like if you didn't see Doctor Strange one, I don't think you're that lost by what's happening here in Doctor no. Strange two. I did like it better than I liked the first Doctor Strange, which yeah. I just have a hard time getting through. I I like the first Doctor Strange for what it is, but it is of a lesser of the of the origin stories. Um. And unfortunately for Wanda, I think if there was more buildup for Wanda, I think the story's fine. But the problem for me with Wanda is like we went through all of WandaVision. And and again, this is the first test of the MCU's overall strategy now of if you didn't see WandaVision, you're you're lost. You're not going to really understand what's going on here. And unfortunately, too, I don't know if that matters as much as I'm even saying there, because Wanda's arc in WandaVision, where she, you know, goes crazy and entraps this town and enslaves their minds and does all these, you know, things through her grief. She eventually gets over that, overcomes it, you know, becomes one of herself, realizes all the terrible things she's done to people and vows to, you know, go off and, and learn about her powers and become a better person. and. And and be just better and learn. And you see her learning on that 
in that house on that field. We don't know what it is she's learning from. You just assume like yeah, it's the dark hole that that was in. It was in yeah, the show. but we didn't know that. Yeah, they it was in the show. They said that oh. there was a dark hole. I don't recall that. Yeah. However, um, I think the other issue that this movie had is that people absolutely love Wanda Maximoff mm-hmm. and. I'm not up there with the stands. I don't have the ears from Disneyland. <laughs> but, um, you know, I like her as a character. I like Elizabeth Olsen's portrayal of her. Yeah, she was great in the movie. Um, She's great in the show. But I don't see her as a bad guy. I, didn't, I never in the moment was like, oh, crap, yeah. she's the villain. Like, I don't have a reason to dislike her. I was like, yeah. her actions are completely justified. She's a hurting mother with this unharnessed power and she just wants to do whatever she can to get her kids back and she's not thinking straight and i just it never was a point where i was like oh no i don't want to root for you which i'm not supposed to be doing in this movie right and the the it's just a quick turn from again she ends wandavision saying i feel so bad for doing these to these people's minds and then the next time we see her she's like oh yeah i'm just gonna murder Murder sounds good. It's like sending internet dimensional monsters after America Chavez, who, unfortunately for her, she doesn't really get so much of a character beat. She's kind of a MacGuffin in the movie. I didn't really, I mean, I don't want to say I didn't care for her, but I mean, I just. She didn't get the time. so indifferent. It doesn't, you know, she's like, oh, you killed me in this other thing, in this other universe or whatever. She was going after her, yeah. And it's. Like, all right, well. Yeah. Cool. And, and Wanda just, I, I think they did Wanda dirty. I think Elizabeth Olsen is great in the movie. I just think that they, the, the plot of making Wanda a villain, which happens in the comics and is something that has precedent, but they just, they flip the switch too quickly. Yeah. Even if, it, if they had like delayed it to like the midway point of the movie or something. And it just sort of you get you get have to have that slow build because there really isn't. It just you see her in this in this field picking apples, and then it's like, oh, J.K. Not a field of apples. It's all dead. And you're like, what? Oh, I guess she's the bad guy now. Yeah. Like it just the it it's one of those tell don't show. You didn't tell me her name was America, did you? Yeah. Right. <laughs> a little little catch of the slip there. Um, MVP of the movie, I think, is Wong. As always. I like Wong. Wong's great. Um, I mean, I thought Rachel McAdams was pretty good. Yeah. Well, Let's talk about, though, <laughs> I mean, yeah. and we'll get into the big stunt of it all. Um, the Illuminati. Yep. The board. Because the most, the most we get to see Rachel McAdams is playing a multiverse version of her character as a doctor in this lab with... The Illuminati, which is just the, the, the rush of cameos for this universe. <laughs> and also just a prop to have so, Wanda show off her powers. So the Illuminati consists of Monica Rambo. Monica Rambo, as this, this version's Captain Marvel. Dude named like Black Bolt. Black Bolt of the Inhumans who, who can kill people with his voice. Speak, right? Okay. If he if he even whispers, he could vaporize you. Of yeah. the Inhumans. Oh, the the failed Inhumans. Did not see that one. No, nobody did. <laughs> I saw that Ramsey dude from Game of Thrones. Yeah. And I was like, no, thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so that's two. You get their Mordo. Oh, and then um Captain Carter. Captain Carter. What did you say? Uh Mordo. They're 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 Mordo. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, Chiwetel Ejiofor. And then the big two, mm-hmm. we have John Krasinski as Reed Richards, a.k.a. Mr. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. The Fantastic Four are here. And a lovely surprise yeah. of Patrick Stewart as... Charles Pro- Xavier. Professor Charles Xavier, yeah. yeah. I gotta tell you, in the moment... I saw John Krasinski and I was like, hell yeah. Oh, man. Mm. And then I watched it and yeah. was like, you know what? Oh, shit. Yeah. I don't think I'm vibing with this. No. And I've heard plenty of people try to spin it that, you know, that, that that's how he wanted to do it. But I think of this as, I think of this as two ways. One, it was a fan casting that everybody wanted and it may not be good. Or two, I don't understand how he can even like, act this part properly because he's clearly not in the room with anybody else when he's doing these lines it's the first time he's ever playing this character it's the first time he's ever playing this character and he's acting off of green screen or tennis balls not inhibiting this character at all which i you know i I don't and that's why i don't want to like tear down his acting performance quite yet because he hasn't given a gotten a full shot now whether to who knows if by the time they make the fantastic four will still be it but yeah, we don't know what universe that Fantastic Four will be in because as we've learned through Spider-Man, <laughs> Peter Parker can be different people. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say my opinion, when it comes to casting, Marvel doesn't miss. Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark, amazing. Chris Hemsworth, perfect. Chris Evans, obvi. <laughs> you know, but like... The the missteps are are so few and far between. I can think yeah. of maybe two, and they're not even in the mainstream MCU. They're on the the Netflix now Disney Plus shows of mm-hmm. Daredevil and Iron Fist. Yeah, and those characters were so. It was um Elektra and then Danny Rand. That's who I thought was a poor choice. And they're so non-essential to the MCU that I, like, don't even count it. So I don't want to say, like, oh, did they miscast him? But I also feel like Marvel doesn't, Marvel doesn't cater to fan service. Yeah. But, I mean, it, maybe they're starting to because they, they don't, I don't know. It's odd. It, and, it, again, it's one that, like, you look at it and you're like, yeah, no, yeah. sure, Reed Richards, 100%. And people, people were calling for him back mm-hmm. in WandaVision when they were like, oh, they're, they're going to yeah. go meet a scientist. And they're like, oh my God, is it Reed Richards? Is it the astrophysicist Reed Richards? Oh my it's God, actually it? Mephisto. And then it's it's, actually- <laughs> it was just somebody with a truck, which is fine. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I wanna, I'm just keeping an open mind. And then I also loved um, Patrick Stewart. Not that, I've, yeah. not that I'm fully versed in the X-Men universe, no, he was great. which I'm catching up on. But I did enjoy him. I was like, <laughs> I looked away for a hot second because I knew Wanda was going to snap his neck. And Quite unfortunate. boy, did she. Quite unfortunate. I would have almost liked it better if we saw, um, is it Michael Fassbender? As Magneto. As Magneto. Yeah. That would have been sick. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I loved uh, the portrayal of Professor X, uh, especially because he gets his hover wheelchair like he has in the the cartoon show Wolverine, and you get the bring me a pizza you get the the get the little flare of the x-men animated theme song when he comes on and it, it marked out hard for that and then i think 
strangely out of all the people in this movie i thought he had the best scene in the movie when he goes inside wanda's mind and you have the wanda of that universe that's trapped by the rubble and he's trying to reach out to her and then yes his neck gets snapped and but i think pointing out that as kind of the best scene kind of shows you where this movie is dr strange is not even in it (laughs) it's it is a movie that ultimately is a little too all over the place for its own good and maybe that is where the multiverse of madness does it wrong is that it does go in one too many directions uh i think it's something that has a lot of cool ideas they just weren't able to thread them all together and part of that i think is just because of the 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 mix-up of all the scheduling post-covid and when these shows were supposed to come out and when this movie was supposed to come out and etc etc because in reality no way home was supposed to happen after this but they had to switch them in the schedule because sony wouldn't move so i don't know how much that actually affected the production but ultimately i think it's just kind of a not as good as it could have been it's still better than a lot of marvel movies but it's it certainly doesn't reach that that next level i would put it in like a if we were going to put them in tiers i'd say it's probably a b tier marvel movie yeah soft thumbs up yeah soft thumbs up last Um, point yeah um sam raimi returns to yeah comic book movies really puts a stamp on it he puts his stamp on it i thought it was good i'm not a huge horror person um i thought this one leaned into it just enough and like Mm -hmm. the the scary beats happened like not so often and but there was also enough of a build-up so i could be like oh shit something's coming yeah and And then it happened and then we were good and when we talk about best scenes too the the best set piece is that music note bite. Oh. That was cool. No, it wasn't. That was fun. No. Oh. That was awful. That was, I think our friends dubbed it um, a rap battle. <laughs> I thought it was great. I thought it was super, super corny. So, it, I mean, it leaves all the characters in an interesting spot going forward. Um, you know, Wanda dead, maybe? I don't know. No way. Uh, definitely not. Uh, Doctor Strange. Sad boy. Yeah. And and we and still not Sorcerer Supreme, I mind think, you. I think ultimately going out of this movie, the thing that frustrates me and a lot of other Marvel fans, and I, I think you and I have talked about this separately too, is just I'm, we're still kind of lacking the direction, the forward direction of Phase Four. Like we in in every other Marvel phase, there was clearly an end point that they were getting to. Phase One, going to the Avengers. Avengers. Phase Two, finding stones. Phase Three we're losing we're we're going up to the infinity saga like the culmination yeah. of it, the end game of it all yeah and here it's like eh, post blip eh, we're trying to find our way and eh, we're introducing new characters and eh. it's just like traumatic sadness a lot of sadness everybody's sad everybody's very everyone's sad. really going through shit very like, sad it's rough man yeah. so we'll see the next next mcu entry comes out july 8th Thor Love and Thunder, which looks to be maybe a little bit happier, but it also includes a character named Gore the God Butcher, who's not exactly a happy fellow, and Thor seems to be trying to find himself. So. Love that for us. Tickets are purchased. We yeah. will discuss and hopefully give it a thumbs up. Hopefully so. You made a promise to a dinosaur. Yeah. What? Next up on our list of recaps is the next iteration of Jurassic World, which is called Jurassic World Dominion. 
I did not see this one. Um, Solo mission for you, boy. Not, not for any particular reason. There's some gaps in my, in my movie watching, including the Jurassic universe, where I have seen the first one, the I very showed you first, the first one, one. Yeah. and that's it. So, um, but Zach has seen them all. He saw the first Chris Pratt one, the second Chris Pratt one, and now this Chris Pratt one. I do have thoughts about the Jurassic Universe, but we'll save that for after. Yeah, I do. I do kind of want to know why it doesn't really interest you, like at all. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I asked uh, somebody in at, at my office the other day. I said because I, I said we were gonna me and another coworker were gonna go see the movie, and he was showed no interest at all. I'm like, you're not a dinosaur guy. I, were, were you a dinosaur guy at any point he's like no nah, i was a car guy it's like oh okay so he's transformers versus like jurassic park which you can be both but you know it's it's just different things jurassic world dominion okay um so the culmination quote unquote of the jurassic franchise which no one thinks it is because universal has tons of theme parks to sell um <laughs> is it a thumbs up or a thumbs down it is, I think it's, when we, when we put it up on Instagram, finally, I will probably give it a soft thumbs up. When it comes to how I recommend it to people. I think 80% of that soft thumbs up is just nostalgia. Well, no, because here's, it's, it's two things. There's, there's two ways to go about this. Either if you're into the cool dinosaur stuff, which I am, it's a thumbs up. There's still cool dinosaur shit. They do... They do the dinosaur. If you're in it for an interesting plot and a cinematic experience, maybe not maybe not all there. They spoiled the one part that I wanted to see, which is Chris Pratt doing a half squat and sticking his hand up. Chris Pratt, I think more than both of the previous movies combined, does the hand up to a dinosaur's face move. Literally every dinosaur he meets, he plants his feet and puts his hand out and and that somehow saves him. But even his, his trusted Raptor Blue even nips him because somebody stole her baby and he has to go find him. Uh, her. Find her. Because all the dinosaurs are female and they've somehow found a way to reproduce because life uh, finds a way. So, it, but even just bouncing off that, there's, there's a couple of problems with this movie overall. I'll, I'll, start with the, I'll start with the things I like. Cool dinosaur stuff. A motorcycle chase with velociraptors through the streets of Malta. Pretty cool. Pretty awesome, I think. Uh, the initial concept of dinosaurs are now out in the world. They are rampaging in the world and they're interacting with human beings. Very cool. The problem is <laughs> that concept only lasts for about the first half of the movie. And then... As all of these movies tend to do, even at their best, they still always fall back on Dinosaur Preserve, Dinosaur Island. You know, we're putting them in a pen and it's nothing really new. So all the cool stuff that you see in the trailers, that's either in the first half of the movie or it's in the closing montage. Because, the, the, again, the ultimate problem with this movie is dinosaurs are out in the world. How are we going to deal with it? And the uh, conclusion at the end of the movie is... I don't know, I'm just going to have to live with them, I guess. It's fine. It's like, what? Because, and this is where the bad parts come in. So, the plot of this movie sucks. The plot of this movie sucks because 
In the dinosaur movie, the main driving plot device of the dinosaur movie are bugs. I saw something about that on Twitter. It was, oh, it was a meme where it was the poster where it had like the yellow circle <laughs> and it was just like a cockroach. Instead it's of not, so what it is is a locust. And Whatever. this company, Biosyn, who's the bad, bad guy company, uh, it's a, which is also kind of a reference to the original Jurassic Park books and the original film where uh, Wayne Knight's character with the shaving cream, he's initially trying to sell these eggs to a different company. That's the company that's trying to buy them. Um, that's a deep cut it is and the 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 shaving cream can makes an appearance at the end of this movie but that's yeah so that's the the plot is bad because you have this locust thing because again you're watching the dinosaur movie and all of a sudden we're talking about giant bugs and it's like i i did not come here for this uh this is not mothra there's this whole side plot of the of the locust being used to kill the crops but the crops that aren't being eaten are the biosyn crops and so biosyn's trying to control the world through draining the world of its food supply but they're letting these they're breeding these things it's whoa whoa what does that have to do with dinosaurs oh it doesn't or theme parks oh it doesn't oh my god oh no it it doesn't secondarily uh a returning character from jurassic park or jurassic world fallen kingdom is uh Maisie, who is a clone uh who gets her backstory gets retconned she's not the clone of this old guy's daughter who died uh very young it's actually she was a clone of the daughter but the daughter raised her in her own womb and genetically Ew. changed her dna because the 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 mother had a genetic disease and she changed the dna of this clone to not have that disease so they were going to use B.D. Wong's doctor character was going to use her genetic code to somehow fix the world's diseases. Just, again, yeah. nothing to do with dinosaurs. Nothing to do with dinosaurs. Nothing to do with theme parks. Nope. Nope. Not, not, one, not whatsoever. That's literally insane. Yeah, that's the main plot of the movie. And then, outside of it all, you get the original cast from the Jurassic Park movies coming back. Your Sam Neill, Laura Dern, uh, Jeff Goldblum as your, your original trio. You get your Jurassic World cast, your Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard. And a new character, uh, DeWanda Wise. Uh, she's, she was great. She was very cool in this I've movie. I've heard she's very good. She's very good. I, that's one thing that I would really give this movie a, a, a good high five for. Um, but yeah, like I said, the plot sucks. Oh, but when, when it comes to the new characters coming back in. So... I love seeing Sam Neill and Laura Dern on screen. All their scenes are pretty good. You know, Jeff Goldblum does his Jeff Goldblum thing. It makes you feel the proper feels for bringing the old cast back, much like, uh, you know, Han Solo and Chewie and in Force Awakens and, and Peter that Parker whole. and Peter Parker. Yeah, exactly. With the, Peter Parker. the problem that this movie runs into with the old cast is the second half of the movie, there is a lot of Jurassic Park karaoke. And it's not just like references or sly, like, haha, remember that thing? They literally do the T Rex thing oh, yeah. where the car is flipped up on its hood and a big dinosaur with big teeth comes around and pushes it with its nose. Jeff Goldblum waves a big fiery thing. They change the ending where Jeff Goldblum throws the fiery thing into the dinosaur's mouth and they escape. But they, re- they literally recreate it. The uh, I believe they're the Dilophosaurs, the ones with the big frilly necks that squirt the stuff out of their mouth. They return and they do their thing. And guess what? They get the guy that has the shaving cream thing at the end. 
because that's what they did in the first movie. Um, I agree. They and then any the, jello shaking in this one? No, not that I remember. There was a, a water ripple thing, and then the one that you groaned when I told you about it after I came home. There is literally they've engineered a scene in this movie where there is in this courtyard of this biosyn complex, there is a big water feature that has a giant circle and the T-Rex <laughs> walks by so that his profile looks like the logo for the movies. Ooh. They literally Ooh. made the logo in the movie because they forgot, in case you forgot, you were watching the That's Jurassic Park movie. so too aware of itself. That is yeah. so LeBron Space Jam. Yeah. I absolutely hate it. <laughs> yeah. But here's, so here's the funny part of all this. All of this to say, it's probably my third favorite Jurassic Park movie. Right. Okay. One question. Yeah. And then we'll move to final thoughts. Yeah. Prior to this film coming out, the director went on record saying, oh. Colin there's, a, there's yeah. a new dinosaur who he th- it thinks is akin to the Joker. Yeah. Your thoughts on that? Yeah. Colin Trevorrow, the director, who was the director of the original Jurassic World, uh, who the good one. was fired from making Rise of Skywalker before it got made because he made a bad movie called Book of Henry. Now he's made a bad Jurassic Park movie. Well, he wow. made Jurassic World was interesting for what it is. Uh, this one. Yeah. Um, he, his quote was like, yes, that is the Joker. And why is he like the Joker? Because the dinosaur just wants to watch the world burn. He's talking about the new big bad T-Rex type dinosaur, the bigger, badder T-Rex type, the Giganotosaurus. Sounds made up. It, this one's actually a real one for once. Um, I don't know why he said that because the dinosaur Did the dinosaur ask anyone about his scars no because as as it was when i saw the quote i'm like how can a dinosaur be like the joker it's just a dinosaur <laughs> and then i saw the movie and sure enough what does it do it's just a dinosaur it just wants to eat because it's a dinosaur with sharp teeth Great. it fights that. the t-rex because it's also something with sharp teeth and they're fighting over food because they're dinosaurs. Nature, fam. It, it, it was, that's just the weirdest quote he's ever put together. Yeah. I don't know why he's up. My thoughts on Jurassic Universe or Jurassic World. Dra- don't worry, Jurassic Universe. That's certainly the next, <laughs> next phase of this. Putting it into the ether unintentionally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, haven't seen the movies. Yep. Chris Pratt. Everyone has thoughts about him. As far as Jurassic World goes, absolutely terrifying roller coaster. Yeah. The Velocicoaster <laughs> at Universal's Islands of Adventure in Orlando. Exquisite. What a what a what an experience. I don't we have even it, we really have the photo think... framed on our on our bookcase. I don't think I mean and it's <laughs> only because it's comical where you're having the time of your life and I am like gritting my teeth so mm-hmm. hard they're being shoved into my head. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I don't even think the dinosaurs are, like, needed for that ride. No. Because you're just going so damn fast. Yeah, but they're kind of cool. It's a very good coaster. Yeah. Um, highly recommend yeah. YouTubing it before going on if mm. you're nervous. So, like I, like I said, when it comes to, like, where to place this, here's the problem with the Jurassic franchise is, besides Jurassic Park, and, and I, I'm an apologist for Jurassic World, but... It's just not a good franchise. The, the first movie is such a stone-cold 
classic, redefined cinema, redefined special effects, Spielberg nearly at his best. And none of the other movies have come even close to capturing the same magic that that movie does. Uh, and there's probably a lot of reasons for it. But, I mean, it's just, it's a bad friend. It's, it's weird that Universal keeps like, well, it's not weird that they keep kind of trying it because it keeps making them a ton of money. Um, but Jurassic Park is clearly the, the number one. I have Jurassic World 2. Jurassic World Dominion, I'll put three. Then I'd go Lost Hodge, World, Hodge. Jurassic Park 3. Or, yeah, Lost World, Jurassic Park 3, and then Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. Real bad. Dinosaurs <laughs> in a haunted house. Why? Oh, I don't know. That sounds terrible. Because <laughs> there's a dinosaur auction in the basement, and there's a clone living in the house. and uh, it's such I've a already movie. known so much more than I wanted to. Yeah. So that's Jurassic World's... Uh, Again, that's a it's a soft thumbs up for me. If you like cool dinosaur stuff, if you don't care about cool dinosaur stuff, probably not a movie for you. Paddington Two. What? I mean, I don't want to be a snob, but I cried through the entire thing and made me want to be a better man. Bullshit. All right, uh, middle portion of our program here number three out of five is uh a movie that i'm amazed exists the unbearable weight of massive talent starring nicholas cage as nick cage uh it's basically it's so it's nicholas cage playing the exaggerated version of himself that we all think he is uh and he gets roped into going to this private island where pedro pascal's character just wants to hang out with Nick Cage, wants for a birthday party, wants to write a movie with him, and a buddy comedy ensues that ends up with gang violence at the end of it all, where Nick Cage saves the day and uh, avenges the FBI agents that were murdered, uh, on, you know, under his watch. Which is all to say, what a wild movie. Um, we both were gonna give it thumbs up, right? Yeah, yeah. honestly, it was a pleasant surprise. I think we really only decided to go see this movie because like the whole internet was talking about it and they were like guys this movie is actually pretty good yeah and i mean i'm not a huge nick cage person i only know nick cage through cultural osmosis have so, you ever seen a nick cage movie yes getting to okay so i only know nick cage through you know, cultural osmosis, basically like the the memed version that they sort of address <laughs> in that movie. Um, and uh, National Treasure is fucking awesome. Of course. How, so, did, how did I forget that? I've also had a viewing of Ghost Rider, which I thought wasn't bad, but I also had a fever <laughs> when I watched it. Yeah. <laughs> but no, National Treasure is legit. That's my realm of Nick Cage. and. Um, I really enjoyed this movie because it's just different. It didn't really feel recycled in any way. It was sort of original concept and it was sort of really awesome at like making fun of itself, but mm -hmm. not being the butt of the joke, if that makes sense. Yeah. I, it ultimately weirdly reverential, reverential to Nick Cage's career. It's not making fun of Nick Cage. No. Uh, it's making fun with Nick Cage. Yeah. I think is a way to put it. Yeah. 
I think what I said after we saw it was because I'm a little bit more immersed into the the cage verse. Uh, I've, I'm in the cage. Oh dear, if you will, it's high praise. Um, I think it could have been weirder. In my, in my estimation, I see. I'm glad it didn't though, because if it was too weird. People like me, who are more low-key, would have been really turned off by yeah. it. Like, if it was just reference after reference after reference, I'd been like, I haven't seen this movie. I don't understand. But they didn't do that, and it was very enjoyable. Yeah, that's probably true. I, I think, especially because of the time it came out, it was, we were kind of in between the big releases, and it just, it, it, was a per, it came out in a perfect slot. Um, it was mid-late March, something like that, and it, it, it was a good movie for the time. Like, I, I, I definitely enjoyed myself a, a good amount. And, uh, and, again, for the Nick Cage movie, Pedro Pascal steals the Phenomenal. show. He's great. I mean, we loved The Mandalorian. We loved him as the Red Viper in Game of Thrones. Uh, what else have we seen him in? Oh, he was, uh, he was the other agent in uh, the, the Kingsman sequel. The American Agent, if you remember that. Do we remember the Kingsman sequel? Well, <laughs> was it the Golden Circle? I don't know. I don't know either. That um, movie was terrible. Yeah. Mark but, Strong was the best part. Yeah. yeah. But Pedro Pascal was phenomenal in this movie. Just so so winning, so very charming in this movie. Yes, I agree. Um, the best part about this movie, in my opinion, was um, showing the love to Paddington 2. Which is one of the greatest <laughs> movies ever made, and I'm embarrassed to sit here and say that Zachary has not seen it. I haven't seen Paddington one. Neither have I. I I don't want to get lost in the Paddington. Then verse. let's watch both. Let's watch them both. Maybe it. Pedro Pascal says that it changed his life. Pedro Pascal's character says it changed his life. The words came <laughs> out of Pedro Pascal's mouth. Okay. <laughs> If he said it in the Mandalorian costume, would you then go see Paddington 2? Well, he's probably not in the costume. It's probably John Wayne's grandson. If he puts on the costume. <laughs> no, I know. Be a little twerp. I'm, part of this is just like putting up the bit of putting up a front against it. I'll, I'll, there's been too much said in its praises for me to ignore it completely in my life. I will That's see Paddington it That's Paddington 2, by the way. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I, Paddington 2, the movie that... A best picture snub every year somehow. The internet loved it. Um, but yeah, I, I you know I don't even know if there's too much to say. Obviously, this is the movie that is furthest away chronologically on our list at this point, so it, it's well out of theaters. I don't know if it's on streaming yet, but if it is and you've got a free evening, it's not a bad way to to spend your time. I enjoyed it. Fun it, movie night. Even if you don't know a whole lot about Cage's career, I think they do a very good job of explaining Cage stuff. And there's there's things you would recognize. Uh, just from again, like cultural osmosis, as you said. Um, so yeah, I, thumbs up from the both of us. Give, Solid give this one thumbs a time. up. Not gonna give it a massive thumbs up because for reasons like you know these types of action movies or whatever, usually not my jam. But it was a, it was a solid thumbs up for sure. Doing it, Jean. I'm making an instrument out of spoons and a napkin holder and dreams and magic. Obviously, Tina. How's the burger, Bob? It's okay. I put an egg on it. Next up on our recap list is a movie I was very excited to see and then was crushed when it got delayed and 
confused once the companies merged, but uh, next up is the Bob's Burgers movie, which um, I feel like the main takeaway for this one is that it's really just a two-hour-long episode of Bob's Burgers, and if he loves Bob's Burgers, that does not disappoint you. It really is. It, it's one of those... <laughs> Uh, we we talked in the car. We were trying to think of other movies of this type, uh, of the TV show that becomes a movie, not a movie based on the TV show, not like a, a like a Dukes of Hazard or something like that, where it's years after the show happened. As it's it's contemporary with the show, and really we could think of things like Entourage, which. A lot of people hate the Entourage movie. We both love the Entourage, love the Entourage movie. movie. And you know why we both love the Entourage movie? Because we loved Entourage. And so I think with some of these movies, it, this is all it's setting out to do in a way where, yeah, if you like Bob's Burgers, if you like Entourage, if you like The, the Simpsons. Simpsons, you're probably going to like The Simpsons movie, the Entourage movie, the Bob's Burgers movie. And if, like, when I when I came out of it, I, I like Bob's Burgers well enough. And I said, and so when I saw the movie, I said, yeah, I like this movie well enough. It's fine. Yeah. I think there's some things that are maybe a little weirder to me because I haven't watched as much of it as you have. Um, like, there's a lot of songs in the movie. They do, it's not a musical. but I think they, they actually do identify it as a musical. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I'm there, not positive about that. There are def. there's what, maybe four, yeah. five, four songs? I would say four. In the movie? Um. And they're just kind of like standalone bits. They're not really like plot movers. They're uh, they're they're interesting. They're fun. It's Bob's Burgers. Like you know, if you watch, there's segments where Tina is fantasizing about her and Jimmy Jr. on a horse on the beach, the and horse, that's what you get in the, the movie. <laughs> the horse, voiced by Paul Rudd, amazingly. Yes, of course, <laughs> because there's why not? a lot to this movie, though. I mean, it's the constant string throughout the series of the rent is due, they don't have the money, how are they going to get the money? Well, it's holiday weekend, they'll sell a lot of burgers, oh, well, they, they, they can't, because there's this massive sinkhole that opens up right in front of the restaurant, because mm-hmm. of course it would be right in front of the restaurant, and lo and behold, there's they, a hole. they find human remains in the hole and it leads down this very intense murder mystery headed by Louise. Um, and it's just... Who also a, goes through her own emotional journey yeah, of growing up. Right. and Not being uh, a baby. It's just a fun ride. It's just, it's exactly what you want out of a Bob's Burgers movie. It's very cute. I really like that they stuck with the animation style. They didn't like CGI it or whatever. They they did they did a few things. Like it's it's the funny thing that all these animation movies do where they add like one extra layer of shading onto the drawings. <laughs> and so it's like, "Oh wow, they're taking it seriously now. It's a movie." That's what happened with The Simpsons. The Simpsons yeah. went from hand-drawn to computer animated for the movie and then they just stuck with computer animated. Much to my displeasure, but yeah. um, it it really, honestly, big thumbs up from me. Uh, I just I just love it. Bob's Burgers is such an like easy thing to throw on and just enjoy and just have in the background mm-hmm. and 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 
don't make me pick which one is my favorite. Well, here's here's the interesting question, though, because we're talking about it saying that it is just a long Bob's Burgers episode. And if you love Bob's Burgers, you're going to love the movie. Would you say that somebody that hasn't seen Bob's Burgers, would they like it? Probably not. I mean, you have to be into a lot of things outside of the show, I think, to even get in the door to sure. see it. I mean, you have to be a fan of animation or, you know. Some... John Benjamin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm a huge Kristen Schaal fan. Mm. I'm going to go see it, but I'm not going to watch the show that she's on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, it did, it did decent business. You know, for for what it for what it's worth, sure, sure. Um, I think kind of what they were expecting it to, and it, it'll it'll be considered a financial success for them, which is good. Um, and and that and when I say that, like I liked it well enough, I laughed, I did have a good time. Oh sure, but I think it certainly to me there there was maybe once or twice where I end up thinking this is just a long Bob's Burgers episode and you can see them stretching it out a little bit longer than it needs to be. Yeah. Or it, I, but it's also one of those things where I could see them taking this plot and chopping it down into a, uh, an episode or two of, of actual TV show, which, you know, fine. It's, it's enjoyable. It's, it's not unlike, like we just said with Nick Cage. If, if you're looking for a fun time, you're not going to go wrong by putting it on. Yeah. If you like if you like the show, definitely see the movie for 100%. Yeah. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Thumbs up. Yeah, ultimately a thumbs up cuz I think I think even if you haven't seen the show, I think they do a good job of giving you just kind of a just it's just a happy energy yeah. right from the start. Uh and I think they do a decent enough job of establishing happy energy right from the start is a flashback of someone getting murdered. I meant they <laughs> Well, they, they go right into the song with the family like waking up and getting their day started. After the flashback of the murder. Who doesn't love a good murder? Probably the people getting murdered. No, I think, it, I think it's ultimately just, it's fun. Give, give it a shot if, if you haven't seen it. If you have, definitely watch it. It'll be on Disney Plus in like two weeks, probably. Yes. Or Hulu. Definitely, I, th- I think it's going to Hulu. I think that's right. Right, and the grand finale, really the the one that uh, most people have probably waited for. If you're if you're this deep into it, you've been anticipating our thoughts on Top Gun Maverick, the highest grossing movie of 2022 already. The best box office for Tom Cruise's career, which is incredible to think with all the Mission Impossible movies, but it's it's up there. Makes and no sense because this movie sucked. The, t- the Mission Impossible movies? No. Top Gun sucked. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. It was freaking awesome. <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, you're throwing me off here. No, uh, top, top Gun Maverick is phenomenal. Like... So, so good. If you want to know why people love going to the movie theaters, this is it. And, and for all the criticisms you could have of Tom Cruise and all he is and what he does and how he portrays himself, especially in the last year where he... Put himself up as trying to be some sort of savior of movies. Like, no, I am saving Top Gun before it to be in a movie theater. Criticize him all you want. It was the right decision. 
this movie would not be the same if you were sitting at home watching it on your TV. Seeing it in the IMAX opening night with a big crowd, there was such an energy in there that I wasn't expecting. And it it blew my socks off, man. It was so cool. Yeah. Such of, a cool movie. All of my thoughts have an asterisk next to it, which is Tom Cruise is a sucky person. No doubt about it. However, this movie rules. <laughs> this was so fun. It was so, so fun because we are so entrenched in Marvel CGI and Star Wars CGI and whatever else. And the Batman. Yeah. yeah. And so it was nice to see authentic stunts. Like these actors are legitimately flying these planes. Yeah. Or they're, they're I don't know if they're flying that. Flying in the They're planes. in these legitimate yeah. planes being flown on this course, doing this stuff. Like, like just legitimate wild. It's the Tom Cruise said at one point in the lead up to us that they'd been talking about doing a Top Gun movie for a while, but he didn't want to pull the trigger on it until he knew that there was the technology to do this in this type of way yeah. where they're able to really get the actors up in the, the, the planes and really do this stuff to give you that high rush energy that that's this movie does. And what's a, Quick recap. Quick recap. Um, Pete Maverick Mitchell. He's a guy that just... His name is Pete? Pete Maverick Mitchell. Since when? Since the entire movie. (laughs) I thought his name was Top Gun. (laughs) His his name is Maverick, and he doesn't play by the rules. My name is Ray. Ray Maverick. He's just a renegade that doesn't play by the rules. And goddammit, Maverick, get, get that plane down here. I believe it's wild card. Yes. He's all those things, all the tropes. Uh, and he's used that to a way where he doesn't want to advance in, in the, the, the Navy. So he keeps being his maverick self and trying to be a test pilot and, and all that sort of thing. Until finally he blows up a, <laughs> a supersonic jet that they're testing. And, uh, and it, they say, Maverick, we're grounding you. Uh, and you have one more mission and then you're, you're, you're out of here. We're done with you for good. And his last mission is he has to go back to Top Gun to teach a new group of recruits this intense mission where they have to fly 100 feet away from canyon walls underneath air defenses, drop in a torpedo into a tiny hole and get out of there and make, this, make, like, sure this, make sure this nondescript nation doesn't get its war project off. Right. It's all very blurry as to what they're actually attacking. And but. of course, the, the main takeaway of, of these new recruits, the new Top Gun class, is that our, our boy Goose, his son, mm-hmm. is amongst the group. Played, played by, Miles. by Miles Teller. Yep, there you go. Uh, Rooster is his call sign. Yeah, nice callback. Like, they could, I'm, I'm glad they didn't call him Goose. They totally could have, and I'm glad they didn't. Gooseling, Goose Jr., Goose Egg. Goose Egg. Uh, and he has a problem with Maverick, and they don't really get oh, into it for a whole part of the movie, but there's, there's he's tension. He's also kind of like, okay, I mean, they're all the best of the best, but he's not the best of that best. Right. Much, much like Maverick is in the original, where Iceman is the number one guy, and Maverick because of his renegade tendencies he's he was just too dangerous uh but goose 
because he was because of learning from Maverick being too dangerous and because of his father dying on, on as Goose's or as a uh, Maverick's uh, spotter, uh, he plays a little more cautious. He doesn't go full out. He's very technically sound, but he doesn't go full at it. And it's up to Maverick to kind of pull him along and to get him Crack to be his, his, his full abilities. Egg. Yeah. They, uh, they go through it and, there's some other drama too that they talk about yeah. with the tension. But even everything. just the storyline that we're talking about, this is why this movie is better than the original. And some people will call that blasphemous because the the eighties it's it's a classic for its time. It certainly is of its time. As somebody who watched it out of its time for the first time, because I hadn't actually seen the first Top Gun prior to seeing this one, mm-hmm. I watched it two days before we saw it, and I gotta tell you, the original Top Gun in the year of our Lord, 2022, is super cringe. Yeah. Super cringe on so many levels. Mainly, why everybody is so sweaty. It it was something that I hadn't noticed back when I had seen it back in the day. But watching it again with you that weekend... Everyone is sweaty the whole time. Every person in that movie is just wet. (laughs) Like, not even just like, oh, a little sweaty. Like, oh, it's it's kind of warm here. Should somebody turn on the AC? They're all drenched. And it's like, it's San Diego. It's not like it's Florida. I don't know why you're so wet all the time. It's um, all the volleyball. So probably about 85% less sweat in this version of it. Um, <laughs> but what makes this version better is there is a clear end goal. In the original Top Gun, the, the plot of Top Gun is they're just in Top Gun school trying to graduate Top Gun. Yes, there's a big dogfight at the end, but that's really tacked on because it's like they go through, it's kind of more an emotional journey for Maverick, and then they graduate, and then somebody comes up and says, here, boys, here's an envelope. You're, you've got your marching orders. There's a big mission right now. It's and- super nice of the enemy to wait until the Top Gun graduates <laughs> have actually completed their training before imposing right. threat <laughs> right and the difference here is that i mentioned i said that the the new class here is new recruits they're not they're all top gun graduates that are being brought back so they can pick the best of the best to run this highly dangerous and technically uh difficult mission uh and maverick runs up against john ham whose call sign is cyclone uh oh yeah john ham's in this movie <laughs> yeah john ham plays Imagine uptight military that. dude john ham like just Precious, lovable John Hamm is an afterthought. That's he, how good this movie is. He's he's just there to be the foiled Maverick. The hard know, ass. The hard ass like that it. Maverick has to keep bumping up against. Um, and there's a whole lot of twists and turns, but ultimately, what happens? My God, Maverick has to run the mission. Oh, man, who saw that coming? What's happening? So, and the 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 final mission, like, this, this the movie is very good up until that point. It's, it's, it's a pretty good movie up until you get to the third act. When the third act, when this sequence that you have been building up to and seeing them run drills over and over and over again, finally kicks in, holy shit, it is awesome. You, it's, they, it's a true, it's an actual low-level course up in the Cascades in Washington State that they run, that the U.S. Navy runs. It's this canyon, like, literally, like I said, uh, hundred. I think they say it's 100 feet from either wingtip to the canyon walls yes. and they have to navigate this thing at high speeds and you feel every inch of it it is especially on the imax screen it is so immersive in the filming techniques they used and 
putting these guys through the flight school and putting them in these real fighter jets, you, you get every bit of what it feels like. Because some of those actors, they're not acting in some of those no. scenes. They're reacting to, holy shit, I'm in a fighter jet traveling through a very tight canyon yeah. uh, and, and trying to survive here. It's, it's so, so visceral and good. The other character I liked, um, I don't know, I just enjoyed the, the actor's journey of how he got to this movie is um, Glenn Powell playing Hangman. Um, A real dick. <laughs> he is very good at playing an absolute asshole. I mean, no doubt about it. But he, he kind of takes on the role of Iceman as, like, he is the best of the, like, he is the most capable. Um, he's also a huge a-hole. But I love the story of how, how he got his nickname. Of he's how, always leaving his wing his wingman out to dry. He's yes. hanging him out there. I love the story though of the actor who always identified as um being kind of a goose like character or a goose like person. He like dressed up as goose for Halloween, I guess, or something. Like he always really liked goose, and so when they he heard that they were gonna make a new Top Gun, he wanted to play Rooster did not succeed that audition, but they found a way to get him in the movie anyway, and he was very good. And I'm just, yeah. I'm just happy that that moment happened for him. And he gets a big redemptive moment at the end of the movie too, of course, or... just like Iceman did. Yeah, it's it's with it... an infinite less like awkward fights <laughs> in the shower. <laughs> yes, uh, just well, well plotted, well shot, well executed film, and it's just so funny because the. The, the fighter jet scene kicks it up to another notch and you think that's going to be the end of the movie. And oh, then, no. and then Maverick the ends up. The Mission Impossible part starts. Right. Maverick sacrifices <laughs> his plane to save everybody. Yeah. And then yes, the Mission Impossible movie kicks in. We get some Tom Cruise running. We get those, those arms pumping, you know, With flat, the hands. flat hands running hard <laughs> and they have to go find this old jet and it just so happens to be the same kind of jet that he flew and they gotta start it's just like very nostalgic they do this whole escape and it's just it's 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 a movie that was very good up until the third act the third act kicks into the stratosphere and then the 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 cherry on top of it all really just vaults this movie to another level it's 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 gonna make its way back into IMAX theaters because it it got cleared out for all the Jurassic World showings Jurassic World despite it making a whole bunch of money in the first week people just want to see this movie yeah people want to see Maverick because it just very like you like you said at the beginning very few and far between now are these like singular blockbusters that aren't some sort not this is IP let's not beat around the bush if this was fighter jet the movie and not top gun maverick it might be a, a different story but it's it does feel like it is an original thing and it 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 it, it isn't but it it takes that original concept and expands on it so much more and pays off all these emotional beats mm-hmm. from from the opening movie it's it just it takes it so much higher two main callbacks that were just so good in a movie that really could have leaned into every single thing, it could have in done person. what Jurassic World did, where it you could literally have done do it all every, over again. Every single thing in person could have been a reference, could have been a callback. They didn't do it as much as they could have, thank God. 
But the two main ones that I really appreciated um, was the love interest. They did not bring back What's-Her-Face. They did not bring back Kelly McGillis? No, they did not bring her back. Um, instead, they introduced Jennifer Connelly. She plays a character that's only even referenced in the first film. She's Penny, the Admiral's daughter. Penny, the Admiral's daughter. Way back when Maverick got caught messing around with. And, yeah. And never, never lo seen... and behold, they mess around and it's like, yeah. but it's, it's fine. It's not weird. There's infinitely less tongue when they hook up. <laughs> yes, it is a perfect Tom Cruise sex scene in that they don't have sex. <laughs> in that Tom you Cruise see just, none of it. And Tom Cruise just sits without a shirt at some point. That's about it. Um, but I thought she was great and really kind of went beat for beat with Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. Um, carried her herself as well. And then um, the second tie-in. Wow. Pour one out for our guy, Val Kilmer. Oh, he was so good. He was so good. So affecting because they, they did such a great job of taking what is a real life situation for him mm-hmm. and melding it into this. And so you get a real... A real moment between Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise and Val Kilmer. Yeah. Because it, w- it would be hard to have a Top Gun sequel without Iceman to make some sort of impact. And the fact that they elevate him up to being the commander of the, the Pacific Fleet and all this stuff. It's like, yeah, sure. of, of course Iceman would go on to do all that. Sure. Well, Maverick just kept, you know, doing Dicking what he around. did. <laughs> uh, and then they, I thought he it was, was such an emotional good. scene. Very, very emotional. Scene. Very good. Um, and just exactly what I wanted out of that moment. Because we... We do know because of Maverick and Iceman's relationship that anytime Maverick screws up, Iceman's going to bail him out. Mm -hmm. And then, spoilers, unfortunately, Iceman actually dies in this movie. And then, so this person isn't here to cover Maverick's ass anymore. And that's when it really kind of, the the tone of everything shifts. Mm -hmm. But that's when, of course, the the major crisis happens and only Maverick can save him. But Well, that's when Maverick steals a navy aircraft and runs the course faster than even oh, yeah. the time he set it up for yeah that's right. when they're all like oh shit you know what maybe maverick should just do this yeah but very good the i have one complaint about the movie it's a perfect blockbuster mm-hmm. it, it hits mm-hmm. all the marks there is one thing wrong with this movie and one thing only i'm i'm oh i know what you're gonna say what the fuck is dog fight football <laughs> I'm just disappointed that there isn't volleyball. Like, they should have just stuck with volleyball. Why didn't they just do volleyball? Volleyball is a great team sport. <laughs> Why did they not just do what beach is, volleyball? What is double-sided football, where you play offense and defense? Playing offense and defense at the same time. That You can't, what? You can't do that. Either, I don't know. Because one team has to move forward. Like, if you're playing offense and defense at the same time, that means you're not going anywhere. That means you're standing still. Because... Both sides are running at and away from each other at the same time. I think your like overly technical football brain is like it makes this going, isn't a thing. It's going it's, too hard. It's just it's, it's not just, something that exists. It's just one set of people on one side that play offense and defense, and one set of people on the other side that play offense and defense, and that's it. It's just football. I would it's have accepted football. them playing like basketball instead well no but no, like they had to do it on the beach okay beach soccer then for god's that's sake boring like, americans don't care about soccer well, then you know what they should have done volleyball played volleyball like well, they did in the other movie can attest volleyball is a team sport like it's <laughs> we all and the thing is too 
They show you in the trailers. They show you the people with their shirts off, and they're clearly playing a sport. Yeah. So when you see that in the trailer, you're like, there it is. Beach volleyball. They're all wearing sunglasses without their shirts on. Is it required when you go to Top Gun to wear aviators? I think they're standard issue, yeah. Is it like, is there a law I can reference? <laughs> I don't know if it's a law, but it's like, if, if you joined a volleyball team and they gave you a team tracksuit, you're not going to wear your own sweatshirt, right? I might. I have some comfy sweatshirts. Yeah, you do. <laughs> um, I, just, I think yeah. the one thing that I didn't like about it on a serious note is sure. I didn't really get very invested in the other Top Gun folk yeah like the there's like a girl and then there's Coyote. like a, a dude named bob bob and fanboy uh, yeah see i don't one's like phoenix i don't know oh, yeah phoenix yeah i don't like they're there they're fine but beyond that i'm just like i don't know you i don't care and honestly i'm not supposed to yeah yeah i mean the, the our main characters are maverick rooster and hangman um, and jennifer and jennifer Connelly. Um, I mean, it's so, so much so are the other people, uh, a non-factor, uh, something that's close to our hearts is, uh, the good place yes. and our, our guy, Jason Mendoza, Manny Jacinto, he, he went through all the same flight training that every other actor that got cast in this movie had to do. And his part got cut. He is in the background. You can see him in certain really? shots, but he... Did not get to, he got to go to the premiere. He got to ask questions on the red carpet about what it was like to act with Tom Cruise, and he's not in the movie. Wow, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He went through the whole. I he knew was, he got, did the training, but I didn't know he got to go to the premiere too. Oh yeah, he he did the whole the whole gambit. He didn't do like a full press tour like everybody else. I don't think, but why would you? Well, yeah, he, he, he got <laughs> You're cut not from in the movie. the movie. You can't talk about and it. And to be fair, if you added one more flight person into the movie, like it it is too many. Um, exactly my point though like I didn't care about the ones that were there but it's it's I, that's no different than the original Top Gun like there's no Top Gun right. it's Iceman Maverick and Goose and Iceman has has a friend with him but I don't remember his name then there's the one who comes in to be Maverick's second Goose whose name I don't remember yeah he was the guy that was originally the Not partner important. with the guy on the ship that freaked out and not you know, important yeah whatever um i love the meme though that came out after this movie of there's a scene where they're at penny's bar hmm. and the entire place is filled with navy navy pilots training navy people i yeah. don't know whatever um and all of a sudden, this tall guy in an open Hawaiian shirt and tank top with aviators and a mustache walks in, sits down on the piano, and starts playing, goodness gracious, great balls of fire. And the entire bar sings along, and the meme, of course, is there's no way a bar full of millennials knows all the lyrics to that song. And to that, I say, because of Rooster, they absolutely do. Because Rooster probably plays it every single time. <laughs> Because it's the only dad his it's the only song his dad played, and the people made the point that song came out in like the fifth like nineteen fifty nine. It was an old song when the original Top Gun came yeah. out, so the fact that Goose was playing it was probably odd in itself. 
but the fact that Goose played it every single day of his entire life, his son knows that that's his dad's song, so he learned it. And every time he goes into the Navy bar, he plays it all the time. I totally, yeah. totally tracks. Also, rough life for Rooster since they killed off Meg Ryan, too. Yeah, right? Rough, rough stuff. I mean, I know Meg <laughs> Ryan hasn't been, like, the most active person and in recent years. But we didn't have to kill Meg Ryan off. She could have no. showed up. She could have showed up we to be like... done a FaceTime with her. To, well, she could have showed up to be like, yeah, no, I told Maverick to not let you fly. Yeah. And then, like, have, like, some sort of reaction. But then, then that would take away from the direct conflict between Maverick and, and Rooster. So I get why she's not there, but, yeah, okay. Um, well, she could have talked to Maverick. Yes. <laughs> she could have talked to Maverick. But, uh, I don't know, man. It's just, it's a it's cool. It's fun. It's, it's a so cool good. movie. It's just so cool. Like, I feel like people probably felt in 1986 when they saw the original Top Gun. Probably. A little different because it's just this is a little bit more high intensity um, in terms of the filming. We and... also love the intro, the opening credits. Yes. It's a shot for shot remake, and it didn't disappoint. It was yeah. so good. You know, you, people could say that that's lazy or cheesy or, oh, you're just playing on nostalgia, but you know what? It worked. It tracks. It, it, because the, the funny part about it is for the first 20 seconds, I'm looking at it and I'm trying to stare at every corner of it. And I said, are they doing, is this the same thing? Is this, no, like, not even, like, did they reshoot it? Is this the same clip? Yeah. Unedited from 1986. They reshot it all, but they did it in such, with such precision that it's, it's the same thing. And you get the big gongs, and then you fly right into the danger zone. zone. So and you good. just, when the movie starts like that, there's no, there's no coming down. You're, you're on a, you're on that ride for the next two plus hours and it uh it didn't feel like it no if it, it lack of the lack of a pun it flies it really it it's it's a it's a movie where you literally you're you're, you're soaring man it's so cool so yeah. cool i it, like i loved it so much that i told you and i don't do this for many of the movies because i tried it once and it's just not very good but the 4dx experience where it's like a motion simulator while you're watching the movie. No way. There's a lot of movies where it kind of feels like, why would you bother doing that? Like, again, I had a coworker go see the Batman and did this. Oh. And it's a lot of slow panning to the left and slow panning to the right I as he feel like walks I'm on a around. Boat that's sinking. Right. If you see Top Gun Maverick in that format, you're legitimately on a you're on a ride. You might need a bag. It's a it's a it's a movie experience that requires a seatbelt as it is. This one might give you a shoulder strap. I'm not sure, but plenty of wind blowing in your face, which would have been fun. Please pull down those straps. So you don't pop out like Miles Teller did in that one take. <laughs> Again, to show you how real it is, he literally hit his head on the ceiling when they're shooting the the inverted scenes. It's just so good. It is it is a it is quite a rush. Anyway, so. To review. To review. Thumbs up. Uh, yeah. Massive, like, double. You know how, like, when they stand on, on the tarmac on that ship and, and the guy gives a thumbs up to say, like, go ahead? Yeah. That's, I'm that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, it, uh, I, I can't even find the words anymore. I think I've, I've spent them all. They're just, it's, it's fast. It's fun. It's exhilarating. If you haven't seen it, if you didn't know whether or not you should see it, see it. 
even if you don't think this type of movie is for you, even if you think, oh, it's just military propaganda. I mean, yeah, but it makes you feel cool. It it just it's good. Go see Top Gun Maverick in as big and loud a format as you can. Fully endorsed. And that wraps up all of our recaps. Five we, whole movies. We did it. <laughs> We're all caught up. Now we just got to do the Instagrams. We got to do the Instagrams. Uh, so you'll probably see those before you hear this. Because um, we got to catch up before we go see Lightyear tomorrow. Yes. Uh, we'll record our instant reaction as soon as we get home. Yes. Uh, and, uh, and we're looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm Hopefully really excited. Hopefully we get a Top Gun experience from, from Lightyear. I'm really excited. I love Pixar movies. I feel like they've been getting the shaft since Christmas of, what, 2020? This is the first Pixar movie in theaters since Onward, correct? Yeah, that was March of 2020. And that was, it was in theaters for maybe a week and a half before yeah. everything got shut down for COVID. Yeah. Uh, so I, I can't believe that Pixar hasn't been back to the big screen since, but what a way to go uh, with you're a not, interesting not, concept. Chris Chris Evans is not direct to streaming. I'm sorry. No, Buzz Lightyear should. Some might argue that a spinoff about the actual Buzz Lightyear may should have been a Disney Plus movie. It's it's but, a little bit dense of a concept, but I think they've marketed it well, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm yeah. especially looking forward to. Uh, his robot friend socks yeah you're in love with socks i'm in love with socks the kitty cat we have plenty of socks merch uh opened in separate windows debating on which one to actually i also have plenty of just regular socks regular socks yeah (laughs) anyway yes um this is also our first podcast recorded together full full episode so apologies it's a little rough but we're working uh, through the kinks I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. I had fun. Again, we got that test episode, a little sample size. I mean, if you're at the end of this, you know what we sound like and what we're going to be, probably. Um, I, I assume most of what we do will not be this long in yeah. the future, just because we it was five movies that we're catching up on. So bear with that yeah. for, for this time. Um, and then um, check out our Instagram to see the, the original, the boomerangs, mm-hmm. and catch up on all the other ones we've done we've over the years. We've been doing this for, what, two years now? I think so. No, it has to be longer. Longer than that. Yeah. Well, we were doing it as Instagram stories for a very long time, but we only started the Instagram itself. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think one of, our, one of our like first two or three was Infinity War. Oh, on the main thing? Yeah. yeah. Doing the thumbs be, up. Might be right. Yeah, so the Instagram is... A dot Z underscore movie review. That's A as in Alex dot Z as in Zach underscore movie review. And you can go there. You can find our personal pages and you'll give us a follow. Give us a follow. Tell your friends. Yeah. Um, your friends are probably our friends at this point, but <laughs> you know, that's fine. What else is coming up in terms of movies that we're excited for? Man. Um, I, Should I open up Regal? Yeah, because I'm not. I'm kind of not sure on what's coming out for the rest of June. How do we feel about the Black Phone with Ethan Hawke? Ah, well, we'll preface that here too. 
as Alex mentioned during the Doctor Strange portion, we're not big horror people generally, so that's not the sort of content you're going to find if think... you're looking for it. I think I think the next big movie we have on the docket, it, it's got to be Thor, right? Is there anything else in between? Um, Elvis. Oh, right, of course. The movie that we've been seeing trailers for for seven months. Finally <laughs> get to get that uh, out of our system. Uh, and I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm not gonna. Well, I think um, um, Baz Luhrmann's Elvis. Yep. After Elvis will be, um, the next massive tent pole that we will be getting advanced tickets to. You're so excited. It is a Minions: The Rise of Gru. We're gonna pause here for a second, just because I have to tell a story of when I saw Jurassic World Dominion. <laughs> Preface, I hate the Minions. I think they're stupid. I think they're useless. I don't understand why. I, I, no, I do understand why kids enjoy them. I just, I don't like that kids enjoy them because they're simple and they're moronic and uh, they've become just uh, old person Facebook meme material uh, and they're, they're just not good things. I, sh- I, I wish they wouldn't be as prevalent as they are, but here we are in 2022 where they have... Movies and prequels and spinoffs and theme park rides and the whole rest. So we go to me and my coworker. We go to see Jurassic World, and uh, they, they did this live Q and A beforehand with the director and all that. Very interesting. Uh, and then they switch over to the pre-programmed trailers, and the the Minions trailer comes up and it's running at a weird frame rate and the sound is delayed. And they go through a couple trailers. They have to restart it. They say, "Hey, the thing doesn't work. We got to restart it." Uh, then they started again, and the frame rate's still off and the sound's delayed. Uh, okay, we'll gotta stop and do it over again. I saw this Minions trailer at various frame rates and sound delays five times in a row. <laughs> I nearly left. I was so mad. And Regal does, you know, the, the cool roller coaster before the start of every movie. The, the, the Minions have infiltrated the roller coaster for the summer. Smart and I'm marketing, not... honestly. Smart marketing. I hate it because I have to see them every time I go to the movies now. Even if I'm going to skip Mingin's The Rise of Gru. Just We're not, not going to happen. We're not going to skip it though. You can see it. Maybe I will. And maybe I will finally cash in my Cats movie. <laughs> no. My revenge movie. Oh, yes. come on. Oh, come on. I've been sitting on that for years. Anyway. We'll talk about that on another We'll see episode. if we get to the Mingin's Rise of Gru. I just, I don't After anticipate Minions that being a is thing. Thor, Love, and Thunder. Thor, Love, and Thunder, which I'm very excited for. Excited that it's going to be an hour and 58 minutes. It's tight. Not a full two. That'll be nice. Um, and but the, first light year. First light year. And, uh, and the whole rest of the summer at the movies mm-hmm. that we will be experiencing in person, on Instagram, and now on a podcast. A, on a podcast. Look at us. Multimedia millennials. I'm a millennial with a podcast. Yeah, two two white people on a podcast. <laughs> who who would have guessed in the, in the in our year 2022? Uh, but again, yeah, to wrap it all up, uh, I'm Zach and I'm Alex, and this is the A Plus Z Movie Reviews podcast. You can find our Instagram at a dot z underscore movie review, and uh, be sure to give us a follow and stay tuned for more podcast goodness. Yay! Thanks, to guys. infinity and beyond tomorrow and we'll see you at the movies.